Welcome to the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. It's Indiana. Watford for the win! Your daily home for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Welcome to Indiana basketball. Mark takes the shot, and the Hoosiers with three seconds go ahead. Indiana wins the championship. Keith Smart is the hero. When my time on earth is gone and my activities here are past, I want they bury me upside down and my critics can kiss my Now here's your host, Matt Dennison. It's Indiana, what I feel is the pinnacle, the absolute pinnacle of all of college basketball. And hello, welcome in Thursday edition of the program. So glad to have you with us. Complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Lots to get to here on this Thursday. Thursday means we're almost to the weekend, and we have great guests that join us on our Thursday program. Let's look at the show lineup, a service of honey-baked ham in New Orleans. Segment one here coming up in moments. The Hoosier headlines, a summary of the uh, day's top IU and Southern Indiana sports news. Later in the show, Alex Bozich, InsideTheHall.com, presented by Todd's Home and Classic Furniture. We'll get all the latest on the IU men's basketball team in advance of their, what, Sunday game two against Army coming up at Assembly Hall. What a neat connection that game is that you probably didn't expect it to be just a month or so ago with, uh, of course, Bob Knight's connection to the Army basketball program and, of course, his recent passing as well. So kind of another special non-conference game coming up for Indiana on Sunday. We'll get you all that and more with Alex and he's with us a little bit later in the show today. And then Steve Kerberg, former coach in the area at Christian Academy as the head coach, Jeffersonville and New Albany as assistant coach. Uh, just a great basketball guy. He's with us Thursdays as we talk hoops and Rutgers sports and, of course, Randall High School basketball this time of year with the season just around the corner. So Coach Kerberg will be with us a little bit later in the program today. And speaking of Coach Kerberg, we've got some local coaching news uh, Jeffersonville football now looking for a new head coach. We'll tell you about that in our headlines. And Clarksville, just a couple weeks before the season, they have made a change and have an interim coach. So we'll cover those things here in our headline segment. And I'm sure that those will both come up with Coach Kerberg a little bit later in the hour today. That's the lineup, the service of Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Why not try Honey Baked Ham for lunch today? They've got great sandwiches, salads, and soups that are made fresh daily, and they will surely satisfy any craving you may have. You might even find something else to take home as they have a variety of dinner packages. Give Honey Baked Ham in New Albany a try. I think you'll be glad that you did. Thornton's text line is open. That number, 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. If you're looking for an icy cold thirst quencher to keep your day going in the right direction, right now at Thornton's, all 32-ounce fountain drinks and smaller are only 89 cents. You heard it right, only 89 cents. So come in today and grab a fountain drink from Thornton's. Send us a text. We'd love to hear from you. 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. And I just saw a text drop in from a loyal listener because they said, Matt, the podcast was almost there yesterday. Just an FYI, if you didn't know, the pre-recorded stuff 
miss uh, being able to hear or not. Uh, I think it's getting better, and I just spoke with the engineer. We're working on some other things and adjusting some levels. So, yes, we are aware of the broadcast issues. Factor, thank you for the message. Uh, we're working on even hopefully improving on that today. So just keep uh, bearing with us. I have had, and it makes you feel good in one way because you know people listen, but I have been bombarded the last week and a half to two weeks with text messages, emails, social media interactions, people in public that when I've been out at events or whatever, what's going on with the podcast? That's how we listen if we can't uh, listen to the live show. And there's a lot of Indiana fans maybe in Bloomington or places that don't get the big X signals, so they don't rely on the podcast. So we're, we're working to figure it out. I promise you it's a very valuable tool for our show. And Texter, thanks for the update. We're working on it. It's still not there exactly just yet, but we hope it is very soon. All right, let's get into some headlines for today uh, when it comes to IU basketball. First, uh, Ja'Kai Newton, uh, freshman, it's a possibility, it, assume, it, it looks like, that he uh, could have a redshirt season. Uh, according to Mike Woodson, Newton is making some progress and rejoining some team activities, but Coach Woodson did say earlier this week that he has a long way to go, and it is possible that uh, he does not play this season. So, uh, of course, Newton with uh, an injury, a knee injury back in August, or had surgery, I believe, back in August uh, that we found out about when he got to Indiana. Uh, I think it was the media day in September. He came in on crutches and was seen walking with an amputation his very end a few weeks ago. So I know everybody's just kind of excited to see. He's a real athlete, somebody that I don't know about year one, but year two and three and beyond could be an interesting player for Indiana. Uh, but it, we, it, it appears we may not see him this season. And you know what? You're a freshman uh, with some, some talent and some ability. Why wait a freshman year and get just a handful of games or not be at 100%? And Coach Woodson thinks they can manage the season without Newton. But he was one of those guys coming in that I think I was as interested to see as far as new players and new faces just based on the reports we heard about his athleticism in high school. So, Ja'Kai uh, Newton, a redshirt season for his freshman year is a possibility, according to Coach Woodson. Also, I've got to believe that we are coming in the final days down the stretch for class of 2024 big man Garrett Queen. Six foot nine. Boy, his recruitment has been tight lipped. I mean, some of these that are pretty tight lipped and low key the last week or two. They really go wild as far as rumors and, and internet predictions from some of these social media accounts that have a pretty good record of being correct, but we're just not seeing any of that with Garrett Queen. So he had said initially he hoped to make a decision leading up to the November 8th uh, signing period, which runs through November 15th. So I've got to believe that it's coming down to the wire for uh, Garrett Queen, and we'll find out where Indiana's going to go. A lot of people think that this recruitment is down to Indiana and Maryland. He also listed Houston and Kansas as finalists, but all the reports out there believe that Maryland, which has a connection to him because that's initially where he is from, and of course Indiana, a longtime tutor of uh, Garrett Queen. They, people believe they're the two favorites, that one of those two schools is going to land the big man. What a class it would be for Indiana. Liam McNeely, the more I see on him, the more I read on him. There was a video of him shooting, just looking at his beautiful shooting form. Uh, 
uh, the more I see of Liam McNeely, the more I'm excited about his time in Bloomington, which could honestly be very short-lived because of how good of a player he is. But can you imagine a 2024 recruiting class for Mike Woodson and the Hoosiers that included Liam McNeely and Derek Queen? And then those guys going to play together for Mark Burt, who had so many games on national television in the ESPN network, uh, a family of networks or network of, of uh, different stations they have. Uh, and Mark Burt's going to be the best or one of the best high school basketball programs in the country this season. So you talk about great exposure for Mike Woodson and the coaching staff in Indiana. Every time those two guys go out and play against these top-tier talent, Indiana will be getting mentioned. They already will be with McNeely, but they could with Queen if ultimately he commits to Indiana as well. So it'll be interesting to see how this one comes down. You've got to believe any day that we could hear one of two things. Either Derek Queen just makes an announcement and doesn't make a big deal out of it, which is kind of the opposite of everybody else, including his teammates at Mount Bird, like Liam McNeely, or maybe we get word soon that he is going to set an announcement. He is going to make an announcement on television or online or down at Mount Bird in the gymnasium. But regardless, we've got to be getting close to a decision for Derek Queen, we think, between Indiana and Maryland. I know a lot of Indiana basketball fans are excited about the possibility there. Also saw a uh, story yesterday that Mackenzie Mbako, who I think is also a great start with loads of potential, even if he's just in Bloomington for one year, loads of potential by the interior force, that the uh, trespass case involving him and the Taco Bell in Bloomington uh, stemming from an incident last month has been uh, resolved. It's going to be dropped if he stays out of trouble for the next uh, six months, according to the Monroe County Courthouse and some of the documents there. So a pre-trial diversion program agreement has been signed by Mbako and filed in the case, which requires him to avoid new criminal charges for 180 days and pay court costs and fees of $334, which should not be a problem with NIL for Mbako. I would say he, in his time in Indiana, is doing and will do pretty well as far as the financial end of things goes. So that's the uh, resolution, it seems, for Mbako and his little bit of legal troubles. Uh, some local news here in this uh, Hoosier headline segment as well that I wanted to get to. Saw a social media post earlier today from Isaac Parker, the Jeffersonville football coach. I'm going to read you his statement here in just a moment. But he has effectively resigned as the Jeffersonville football coach. Not terribly surprised at the resignation. He's had a tough go of it as far as wins and losses go. Uh, did not win a game this season, which is tough. And, you know, Jeff and the Albany, these big schools locally, rarely are their football teams anything special, which is odd. It's always a common question I get. How do these two big schools with a lot of population never have great football teams? And it is an interesting question to think about. Uh, that's probably a bigger question for another show. But a great statement from Coach Parker, who's been fab fabulous to work with. Uh, I've had a lot of fun working with him over the years as a Jeff baseball coach, or Jeff football coach, excuse me, and have had the opportunity to get to know him on a personal level. But uh, he brings up uh, kind of a good recap of his time as the Jeff football coach. I'm going to read it to you. He said, quote, when I took over the program, I inherited a bank account with barely $100, 55 helmets that were 10 years old, five leather footballs, and enough knee pads for 45 kids. We had academic issues, which resulted in 13 players.
NHSAA standards by first year. We have documented game activity and lack on-the-field success. Let's not forget these issues had to be dealt with while navigating a worldwide-type pandemic that shut down any chance of an off-season for my first two years. Fast forward four years, not one player on our sectional rosters had an F as I imposed a zero F policy my first year. We worked hard with the city of Jeff to develop a sustainable and successful youth program. We worked with our middle schools and developed relationships, which resulted in doubling the size of both teams. We ridded the program of any game game activity, put kids in college football across the country, stabilized the financial situation while providing top-tier equipment, all while winning the program's fifth sectional title, which only two other head coaches and four other teams have accomplished. In spite of all of our efforts, this did not result in substantial wins Friday night in the three years following our sectional title. This morning, I met with the young men of our football program and have officially resigned from my position of the head football coach at Jeffersonville High School. I am forever grateful for my time at the helm and take pride in all the relationships with the young men that will no doubt provide lifelong friendships. I cannot thank the 23 men who served as assistant coaches enough. The sacrifices you and your families made as you believed in my vision made a direct impact. To all of my past and present players, you are the reason I took the job. I am forever grateful for the efforts you put forth. You dealt with adversity of subpar conditions and succeeded as individuals and as a team. I love you, and I am forever on your, in your corner. So, great statement from Isaac Parker. Hate to see him go. Again, I know it was tough to go through a zero-win season for the Red Devils this past year, but I think his statement, his summary of his time as the football coach at Jeffersonville, I think uh, kind of summarizes exactly how tough it is to be a coach nowadays. He did a great job highlighting the fundraising, the equipment, the off-the-field issues, the IHSA requirements, academic problems. That, of course, you've got to include the pandemic if you've been a coach now for the last number of years. But uh, he, he highlighted a lot of issues, a lot of problems that uh, it takes uh, to get through as a head coach. It doesn't matter the sport. Uh, some get more attention from the media and fans than others. But a uh, great statement there from Coach Parker, uh, who announced his resignation earlier today as the Jeffersonville football coach. Uh, great to work with him. We'll always stay in touch with him. Uh, coach Parker, a detective for the city of Jeffersonville's police department. Just a guy that's been involved in that community for years and years and years and took that job. I know it really caused some trouble springs for schedule strains for him as far as trying to run that program and, and, and keep his professional stuff in line. But what a great job he did from those standpoints that he highlighted. And, uh, again, sad to see him go. But appreciate his very thoughtful and honest, uh, I guess you'd call it resignation letter to the fans and to Jeff supporters. But I thought it was very classy and very educational as well. I applaud him being very upfront and very direct about some of the things that he did better and he did have success with. So kudos to Coach Parker, and we'll see who Jeffersonville football goes with as they start a high school football coaching search. Also, a little bit of a surprise yesterday in Clarksville, but Athletic Director Levi Carmichael, on an interim basis, has been named and approved as the new boys basketball coach for the Denver's. Kyle Hankins, with no other move or 
no other insight, uh, is no longer on the job. He departed recently after a 15-31 and 31 record in two years as the Clarksville boys basketball coach. So I've got to believe for Coach Carmichael, this will be a one-year assignment before he opens it up and goes out into the world of resumes and getting that process going. But let us not forget Coach Carmichael has a great background as an all-state player at Eastern Green High School up just a little north of Bloomington. He also played Division One basketball at Austin P. State University. And uh, five seasons as the coach, one at South Central, one at Eastern Green, and then three at Crawford County. He had a 65-56 and 56 record, and he guided the Wolfpack of Crawford County back in 2016-17 to a state runner-up finish in Class 2A. So he's been Clarksville's athletic director since 2018. Uh, good to see him back. Don't know all the circumstances surrounding that movement there this close to the season, but awful handy when you've got an athletic director on staff that can step in and, and handle the coaching duties as well, at least on a temporary basis. And it's kind of interesting, at least for this season, you've got Coach Carmichael Levi with the boys at Clarksville and his wife Amanda, who played on the state championship team at New Albany. She is the girls coach and has been now for a number of seasons working to really rebuild the Clarksville girls program. So you got the Carmichaels leading basketball in Clarksville, and that's probably a pretty good thing for the Zoomers. But that's our headline for this Thursday edition of the program. Uh, text message from the Thornton's text line. Your opinion, do you think Mbako will be able to guard out in the front court? He really seemed to struggle. I know it's just game one. Thanks. Well, thank you, Texter, for the text. I think you bring, out, bring up an outstanding point. I don't have really anything negative to say at all about Mbako after two exhibitions and one regular season game. In fact, I think he's going to be an absolute star for Indiana this season. I think he has to be a star. Uh, but if I was going to name an area of concern about Mbako or something to watch as Indiana steps up here against opponents over the next couple of weeks, like the Empire Classic in New York, I think Mbako's ability to guard in the front court is an area to watch, to see how complete of a player he can be. And if that's something in his repertoire, that definitely uh, does stand out to me as well. So thank you for the text, and uh, definitely agree with that. Also, another text says, wouldn't it be great if Coach K could be in attendance Sunday for the Army-IU game? He played for Coach Knight there when Coach Knight's mother got very sick back in Chicago. Coach Knight drove Coach K home almost 900 miles to see his mother. That would be a special touch and, of course, probably some late arrangements because who knew just a few weeks ago that Bob Knight would not be with us and that that adds a lot to this Indiana uh, Army early season game, that's for sure. But, yeah, what a neat touch that would be. Maybe Scott Wilson or some of the IU staff that have connections to Coach K could get on the line and figure that out. But that would be a really special deal. It would be great to see Coach K back at Indiana as well. I know him and Coach Knight obviously over the years had a different relationship at times, but uh, definitely some great connection there between the two and definitely connection between Coach Knight, Coach K, Indiana, and the Army program, that is for sure. Uh, thanks for the text on the Thornton text line. If you'd like to sound off or have a question or comment, 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. We'll head to a commercial break. We're back with Alex Holrich of Inside the Hall, presented by Todd Coleman's Classic Furniture. We'll talk IU basketball.
basketball uh, this season is here. Game two coming up on uh, this weekend, fr what, Friday night, Sunday, excuse me. And uh, then we've got recruiting to talk about with Alex as well. So stay with us for that here on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a southern Indiana perspective. I'll handle this the way I want to handle it now that I'm here. You it up to begin with. Now just sit there or leave. I don't give a what you do. Now, back to the game. Here's Matt Dennison. And we're back on this Thursday program. Alex Bozich inside the hall with us each week as we talk IU basketball presented by Todd Coleman's Classic Furniture. Uh, new locations, of course, the new location for Todd Coleman's Classic Furniture located in Jeffersonville. Great place. I was there not long ago purchasing some new furniture. Uh, great service, uh, quick delivery, everything about it seamless. Check it out at Todd Coleman's Classic Furniture. Alex Bozich with me. Alex, we've got IU and Army on tap. That's the next game for the Hoosiers. Uh, I'll start this interview as I've started others this week with our IU-related uh, guests, but what's your initial take on things very early here after one regular season game for IU basketball? Yeah, it was obviously a close game on Tuesday night, which was supposed to be the case. Maybe not as close as it ended up being, uh, particularly with Adam Thompson, the former Purdue guard, uh, being out for Florida Gulf Coast. He's a really important player for them and uh, arguably their best player. But nonetheless, I, mean, I, I thought Florida Gulf Coast was a well-prepared team. Obviously, they got a coach with Big Ten experience. She wasn't at all phased by coming into the environment uh, that, it, that he was coming into in Pat Chambers. And, I thought for the most part, Florida West Coast uh, played really well in Indiana. Offensively in the first half, really just kind of struggled to find an identity uh, or figure out what they were trying to do uh, when they were in the half court. A lot of possessions where they seemed disjointed and, and guys maybe necessarily didn't kind of know what they were supposed to be doing. I think the lack of outside shooting kind of stood out. Uh, in that first half, and going to the locker room, that's a tight game, and then obviously the second half, get down six. I thought it was a, a valuable experience because you look at what some, a lot of programs will schedule a team in the first game if they couldn't find 295 or 330 and come out and win by 20 or 25 points. You don't really learn anything. Whereas a game like last night, or Tuesday night, excuse me, where you were playing an opponent that picked pretty, finished pretty highly in this league, had a really good non-conference performance last year. Uh, I think even beat USC on the road to start the season out. So it's not a, it's not a team that's incapable of coming out and winning. And Indiana had to fight to, to win the game. And obviously, there's a lot of things to work on, particularly with the offense and figuring out how to guard the three-point line better. Overall, I thought it was a valuable experience for Indiana, a good first step. And it's clear, uh, Matt, that 
this team got a lot more growth. Uh, last year, I think we mentioned that somewhat because they had Bill Hutchifino coming in, and they did have a, a lot of returning pieces last season. This year, I mean, obviously, David Johnson's experience and Trey Galloway, but even Malik Renew is one of the more experienced guys on the roster, and he's, you know, a, a sophomore who didn't play a ton of minutes last year. So there's a lot of new faces, a lot of new things to this group to figure out, but I thought the other night was a, a valuable experience to get a tight game uh, to start the season off, figure out a way to win in the second half, and then have, have a lot of things to work on going into Sunday. And I was getting this army who is, I think, the, the lowest ranked opponent on the schedule this year, so maybe a, a little bit of a breather uh, on Sunday night. Alex Bovich inside the hall, presented by Todd Coleman's Classic Furniture. Gabe Cups getting some solid minutes. Uh, we, got it, we got to see him with Xavier Johnson's son uh, in the game against Florida Gulf Coast. Uh, he played in some really key moments of that game. The freshman, who some people doubted or wondered what his role would look like early on in his time in Bloomington, uh, he seems to have won over by Woodson. He had some really good things to say about him. Yeah, I mean, I saw him last season play at New Albany, and, you know, when you look at the, the back school at the end of the game, Nothing really blows away, but then you actually watch the game and see how he impacts things on both ends. Uh, you know, start, starting with his defensive ability, he's not the most athletic, not the quickest guy, but he knows how to position himself, he knows how to put pressure on the ball. And I think really in a couple of these early games, many exhibitions, and then obviously against Florida West Coast, he showed that he can disrupt on the defensive end. And I think with Xavier Johnson's ability to do that, there's some potential for Indiana to. Use that to get some steals and get out in transition. And then offensively, what I like about him is he just plays and under control, doesn't really try to do too much, finds the open man, makes the right play. You can tell that he's a coach's son, that he's really learned how to play the game from a fundamental standpoint. And the other thing is, no moment's really going to be too big for him. I mean, he played with, with Browning, obviously, coming up through the ranks and played on a lot of uh, really good high school teams, played in state championship games. With a Mr. Basketball, so, you know, for a lot of guys coming into a situation like the first game of a single hell, you're going to have some jitters or, you know, have some, some nervousness. But for him, I, thought, I think he just approached it like it was in the other game, and he went out there and, uh, and, and made plays to help Indiana uh, complete that comeback in the second half. I think he's a guy that you're really going to be able to build a program around over the next four years. Uh, not, not going to be a guy that probably uh, is going to be leaving early for the NBA, but, you know, like an Aaron Kraft or Jordan Hurst that, that we saw at Indiana and Ohio State, respectively, a guy that, that sticks around and really helps the culture of the program and really helps uh, win a lot of games. Talking with Alex Bovich on IU basketball, you know, besides cups against Florida Gulf Coast, Indiana did not get much off of the bench. I know you wrote about this yeah. inside the hole.com after the game. Is that a concern, or is it just too early to even think about stuff like that? Well, I talked about this a little bit on my podcast yesterday. I do think it's a bit of a concern because, my, I mean, we, we talked I don't know how many years that we've been doing these interviews on Thursday, but I feel like every season we talk about and this is not just exclusive to Mike Whitson's tenure, going back to Archie Miller and even the Tom Green days. I feel like we always talk about in the preseason, when Indiana looks like they can go 9, 10, 11 deep, and you, 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 get out, you buy into the, the off-season hype about who 
we brought in, and you, you wonder about are we ever going to be able to move to go around. And when you actually get into the games, I know it was just one game, and there's some clear separation between the starters and the bench. I mean, outside of Gabe Cups, and then I, Anthony Rocker, I thought, played pretty poorly, uh, made some mistakes with the ball, took some shots that were ill-advised, got burned by on the perimeter a couple of times. T.J. Glenn continues to really struggle and make shots when he comes in the game. I mean, he's been talked about for a couple of years now as a guy who can potentially provide some offense off the bench. He plays nine minutes and doesn't score. And then Caleb Banks, still, the jury, I think, is a little bit out of him. So he's coming off an injury where he only gets two minutes. So, you know, I, 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 I struggle to see where Indiana is going to go more than eight deep in the, in the schedule gets tight and they have to play federal competition because so far I've just not seen it from the guys coming in on the bench that might have the bench besides Cups that Mike Griffin's going to trust and I think Peyton Sparks is obviously going to be a big piece if he's able to get healthy. I think he's going to be a clear guy in the rotation, but I think after Cups and Sparks, it's, it's, it's very up for debate how many minutes some of those guys get because the other night, obviously, it wasn't a big ten opponent. It was a still a formidable opponent. And you look at the minutes played after the back, after the game of the box score, three of the four starters played 30 minutes. I don't think Mike Woodson went into that game thinking, I want to play these guys this many minutes if, if I can get away with it. You won't probably see that on Sunday night. They're going to try to spread the minutes out a little bit more. But to me, the most concerning is, is T.J. Gunn because Indiana needs guard depth and – He's a guy that, you know, has been looked at as a potential, uh, you know, scorer off the bench, a guy that can provide some energy. He did some good things in the exhibition games. I know it was just one game, but the other night, to me, he only gets nine minutes and didn't really do anything of note. And, uh, you know, if that's what Indiana's going to be able to, that's all they're going to be able to get from him against quality opponents. And you're putting a ton of pressure on Trey Galloway, Xavier Johnson, and Gabe Cup to really carry the load off in the backcourt, and that's just really not a lot of depth. Alex Bulls has been tried to haul talking about <coughs> Gabe Cups and the Indiana bench, specifically the performance or maybe lack thereof in the narrow win against Florida Gulf Coast earlier this week. Kellel Ware, um, I think we all recognize what a big piece he has to be for Indiana, both figuratively as a seven-footer, but also uh, you know, production-wise for Indiana to reach goals mm-hmm. this season and to be a a uh, key in the Big Ten Conference, a competitor in the Big Ten Conference. But uh, I've yeah. got to believe he's, he's already, I think, helped Indiana in many ways. This is going to be a real opportunity this season to see if Coach Woodson can showcase his NBA uh, styles and what he uh, learned from his years as a player and a coach to help Ware increase his game and get ready for the NBA potentially maybe as soon as next season. Yeah, he, he's interesting because I thought in the first game for Indiana, he was the best player. Uh, you look at the box score, what he did, how he impacted the game on both ends. And all we heard in the offseason was how it's Kalorware is not an issue, but motor is the problem. And from watching him the other night, when you watch him play, he doesn't look like he's fully engaged at all times, but I'm, I'm I'm also wondering how much of that is just his personality as a person. Uh, if you watch him in press conferences, he's very soft-spoken. He's quiet. He's not a guy that gets the master of all on the court. I mean, he, he volleyballs to have like 
I think it was all the way around the first half. It was like he just these guys went up in the paint. He just totally erased their shots and locked them into the crowd. A lot of guys do that and they're pumping their chest or trying to get the crowd fired up. But I just don't think that's in Kawhi's personality. So I, I think he's <clears throat> a quiet, reserved guy. I think that might be some of the perception in terms of him not having a motor or things like that. But from what I saw, he's highly productive the other night. He rebounded the ball on both ends of the floor. He, he did a pretty good job of pretty good job protecting the, the paint and the rim. There were a couple of instances where smaller players were able to kind of get their bodies into him and finish over him, which I think he's going to have to get better at that and, and, and be a little bit stronger at the rim. I know he's got a bit of a, a thin frame, but he, he does need to continue to get stronger and, and keep on. Uh, he's put on some weight this offseason. I think he's going to need to keep the weight on as the season goes along, which sometimes it's hard for players to do that. But he stepped out. He made a three which is impressive for his size. It's not hard to see why he was such a highly touted prospect coming out of high school. He's very skilled, and I'm just curious to watch his development as the season goes along. Uh, I think I don't think he's going to be a guy that you ever look at him and say, wow, he's, he's really uh, you know, bringing a ton of energy out there, but I think that's kind of just the way he carries himself. But I think you're going to look a lot of games at the end of the Tonight at the box score, he's going to have some numbers. So I was really encouraged with what he was able to do. I'm really excited to see what he's able to do coming up in those games in New York when he plays against UConn and then Texas or Louisville. I think those are going to be some, some opportunities to start a lot more about where he is as a player. Absolutely. Alex Bulls is my guest. Alex, as we close out today, excuse me, Army, you mentioned this, I don't think near as good of a early season opponent yeah. of what Florida Gulf Coast was. So you touched on this earlier, but maybe a chance for Indiana to have more opportunity for experimentation with lineups and maybe not have to put as much time, stress on some of the starters Sunday. Yeah, I mean, I found the coaching staff, I don't see my guys come out and just try to bury somebody, right? I mean, <laughs> don't, don't play to the level of the opponent. This team coming in Sunday, I, I believe they lost their season opener with Pagan tonight. Uh, I don't know. Um, we're playing a team that's right lower than them in Ken Tom, but and th- these are very low-level teams uh, in terms of who they're playing to start off the season. And Army's not coming in. They're you know, the first-year head coach, actually. Uh, one of Archie's former assistants at, at Dayton is coaching them now. And <clears throat> you know, I just don't think they're going to be much of an opponent. So if I'm Indiana, you know, I'm going to clean up some of the mistakes that I have with turnovers. I want to rebound the blast. A lot better, and, and if I'm the starter, you know, you got a game coming up next week against Wright State on Thursday night. They're a pretty good team. They're another team kind of similar to where the Gulf Coast picked high in the league, a potential tournament team. Come out and, and, and try to, you know, get a big lead and let, let the bench get in there and get some minutes and, and leave no doubt. Don't play to the level of the opponent. So that, to me, is, is what I'm going to be watching for on Sunday night. If that doesn't happen, then, you know, I don't think Mike Whitson's going to be very happy because he knows what's coming up with the schedule coming up. He knows there's a ton of games that are going to be very tough, and, and this is this is kind of an opportunity uh, to work on some things, come out and play well, and get some, you know, have some positive feelings. Not that, that they didn't feel good about the win on Tuesday, but having to kind of grind that out in the second half, uh, I 
I think they would have liked to have been in a better position to where they won a little bit more comfortably. Well, Sunday they have a chance to do that, and we'll see if they're able to come out and take care of business. We'll see Alex Bogus inside the hall. He's with us Thursday, presented by Todd Coleman's Classic Furniture, with two locations in downtown New Albany and their new location on Veterans Parkway in Jeffersonville. Alex, great to catch up. We'll uh, talk again next week. All right. Thanks, Matt. Have a good one. Jordan's text line is 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. Steve Sternberg, former high school coach in the area, great basketball gentleman in, uh, in southern Indiana, is going to join us. We'll talk high school basketball. Some coaching news we got yesterday and today, and a lot more coming up in the final segment of our Thursday show here on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. What's we're missing for all the small schools and never had a chance to get here? Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. What's we for Coach? You got us here. Here's Matt Dennison. All right, we're back. Final segment here on this Thursday program. Coach Steve Kerberg with us to talk high school basketball in the area. Coach is going to join us Thursdays as we talk uh, high school basketball all season long. We'll cover all the teams. We'll talk about all the players, the coaches, the big games, the rivalries. And Coach Kerberg, we are almost there. The season for the girls is underway, and boys are now having their official practices with scrimmages just around the corner. Uh, it's the best time of the year, man. I, I'm, I'm so excited. I, I remember I was waiting uh, for the, the preview that was put out in the Tribune Evening News every year to see what all the local teams have. I, I just, um, it, it, it's hard to, it's kind of hard to forecast. You, you got, you have kind of an idea of what the teams will be like this year, but I can't wait to see it really get going so we have a clearer picture. But I think we're going to have some really competitive uh, teams that can make deep runs in almost every class this year in our area. Coach, before we get into uh, any basketball stuff, you can speak on this after years of being a high school coach. It's hard being a coach. We mentioned earlier today in this program that Coach Isaac Parker announced his resignation from the Jeff football program as the head coach earlier. Um, it's just he, he spelled out a number of challenges that he had to help the program overcome. Uh, it's not just on the field or on the court. There's a lot of things in addition to what the fans see on Friday nights under the lights or with fans in the stands. Absolutely. I mean, I, I think uh, the coaches that really put a lot of their time and their heart and soul, I mean, into the program that they're trying to build. And a, a lot of people don't see the behind-the-scenes struggles, you know, the daily daily things that you have to deal with as far as uh, maybe classroom issues to grades to uh, to parent issues, possibly. Um, just, just little things. Even this week, you know, basketball, you know, making cuts, uh, you know, and then, then have, have, having to deal with the repercussions of that, you know. It's a, there's a lot of little things. That, and I, I think it cannot be stressed enough that coaches get into the game because they love uh, working with young people and seeing them grow into young men and women who uh, will be successful in life. And uh, I, I'm sure a lot of I'm sure there's people like in every uh, profession that get into coaching for the wrong reasons, but I think uh, you could attest, Matt, I mean, we know so many of the local coaches, and uh, 
Rodney Floyd Central 